Um, and But I'm just glad to have made it uh, to the year 2021 in a year in which we saw a global pandemic, all the political strife and, and division. Um, and I don't think that these problems are, are, are going to go away just like that by, by turning to a new year. Um, but I don't know about you, but, but I do get a sense of relief and, and being on to the next year, moving on to 2021. We made it through the events of 2020. Um, which saw various hardships and various trials for all of us. Um, and one way or another, though, I'm sure we have all gone through uh, different hardships uh, through this past year, 2020. Um, so just give yourselves a pat on the back for, for making it through year 2020. You guys are here. You guys still uh, know uh, the priorities in life and which they should be as, as we are seeking God first and foremost. Um, so just give yourselves a pat on the back. You made it. You made it through this crazy, bizarre year of 2020. Um, and it's my hope and it's my prayer uh, that we'll see things improve in the year of 2021. And so before I really uh, get started this morning, I just wanted to offer up a prayer um, on behalf of all of us for this upcoming year um, that we may see it uh, improve, that we may see uh, things um, get better in our lives, and that we seek God first and foremost. So if you would bow with me, I'd just like to pray over this upcoming year for all of us. Father, I just thank you for getting us through this crazy year of 2020. Father, I uh, thank you uh, for watching over us during our various trials, hardships, tribulations. Uh, Father, I just pray that you continue uh, to watch everyone uh, who's still being affected by the events of 2020. Uh, and Father, I just pray that this upcoming year in 2021, I pray that we can learn from the many lessons that we learned last year. I pray that we can apply them to our lives in this year. Father, I pray that during this year, 2021, I pray that we uh, have proper priorities in our life, that you uh, are number one priority, uh, that we seek uh, to please you, to please your son, uh, that we seek to enter your coming kingdom. Father, I just pray that that kingdom be the hope and the inspiration that drives us on a daily basis. And I pray that hope drives us to continue to grow closer to you on a daily basis. And, and just let us not take uh, for granted of that wonderful blessing of being able to connect with you, Father, uh, the creator of all things, uh, the, the God who has all power, all knowledge, is ever-present. Uh, just let us not take that for granted, that huge, huge blessing that we have access to. But I pray that we take advantage of that and that we take advantage of the promise of your coming kingdom and that in this year we expand your coming kingdom as well. Father, I just thank you for this church. I pray that whatever this year may throw at us, that we stick together as one body, as one family, as we seek to grow closer to you and expand your coming kingdom. Father, we love you, and all of God's children said, amen. Very good. So I know for a lot of you in this year of 2021, uh, had a pretty good start. Uh, raise your hand if you're a Buckeye fan out there. Uh, I know you guys all had uh, fun uh, watching uh, your Buckeyes take care of business uh, against uh, Clemson. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I guess it would be three years ago. This is my third year here. That, that kind of blows my mind. Time has flown by. But three years ago, uh, while I was interning at uh, the Guthrie Grove Church of God in South Carolina, um, the church uh, was located about a half hour away 
from Clemson University. It's kind of like the heart of Clemson University. So I knew, a, or I know, a lot, a lot of Clemson fans, and some of them are respectful, some of them not so respectful. Uh, so so uh, it, it, I was totally good with Ohio State winning that game. It, it, it brought me a, a, a bit of happiness. And uh, I'm bad, but thinking of their, their frowns, their, their sad faces uh, of uh, 2021 and, and losing their, their football game there, I'm bad. I, I'm, I'm not perfect, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy watching Ohio State win. Besides, someone has to represent the Big Ten, because as Rob and I know, Michigan State isn't going to do it anytime soon. Uh, so, so thank you for representing the Big Ten there. But I hope that, that uh, you, you did have a good start to 2021, and I hope that good start continues through the rest of the year, um, and that it can be a positive year, a year in which we learn from all the lessons uh, that we did learn uh, in the past. Year. So, I, so it's been my prayer, it will continue to be my prayer, that you all have a good year um, in 2021. But in order for us to have a good year in 2021, we must seek God first and foremost. We know we, we saw a lot of issues come up in 2020. Um, the, the issues, the, the problems, the pandemic, they, they are very numerous. In my uh, humble opinion, though, possibly the biggest issue to come up in 2020 is that many people did not take their faith very seriously. You know, our, our, our faith became sort of, of a lip service. You know, we, we, we say we believe in Jesus. We say we believe in the Lord, but our lives look totally different from what we say and, and the faith in whom we may have. And of all the issues that we went through in 2020, I think possibly that was the single biggest issue in 2020 is that people did not take their faith seriously. Uh, we, we, we saw a lot of people stray away from the church. We see, we see a lot of people straying away from pleasing God in their daily lives. And then this morning, I, I want to address uh, that issue um, as we look forward to the rest of 2021. And I pray that we can learn from the lessons of 2020 and that we can apply these lessons to the year 2021 so that we all can have a good year. And so for 2021, I want us to be aware of that danger of not taking our faith very seriously. And this morning, I was kind of motivated for this message from John's message last week. I'm not sure how many of you guys were able to be here last week shortly after Christmas, but I wasn't here, as you all know. But I was able to watch our service last week as we have the live stream, as we have people tuning in with us online right now. I was able to do that last week. So thanks, Brian and Jen, uh, for setting uh, that up. Uh, but let me tell you, while I, while I was sitting there in, in the recliner at my parents' house, uh, my blood was pumping. John had my blood pumping. And, and when I was listening to him speak, I, I had a little grin on my Oh, there goes the mic. I had a little uh, grin on my face thinking John is really bringing it to the people this morning. And so, again, I thank you, John, uh, for stepping up there uh, last week. And, uh, man, you, you were really preaching it. I could tell you, you enjoyed that last week, didn't you? I, I, I could see uh, the joy and the passion that you had uh, last week. And, and so I thank you for that. And I kind of want to piggy uh, back off of you uh, this week. 
As last week, uh, John kind of brought awareness uh, to us all. He, he went uh, through a different uh, uh, Barna polls. George Barna, a guy who does a number of different polls and studies in the church, and he took a look at the numbers. You guys saw the numbers up there on the screen. Um, and he brought awareness uh, to us all that people are, are straying away from the church, and we can equate that uh, to people straying away from God, they are no longer taking their faith uh, very seriously. It's become a lip service where we say, yes, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, but our daily lives uh, tell a completely different story. And so I thank you, John, for last week uh, bringing light to uh, this big issue that, that we experienced in the year 2020. And, and I want to learn from, from this big issue that uh, John kind of brought light to us last week and what I kind of want to bring light to this week. And I will warn you that I, I'm preaching to the choir a bit this morning, um, uh, so, so I want you all to uh, take note of that as well as we talk about um, the, the sermon topic this morning, many will say, Lord. So to start off this morning, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew, and we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be reading from verses 21 through 23. In the past uh, two years, uh, I, I've composed a number of different sermons that have been inspired by the Sermon on the Mount, and this is one of them as well. As Matthew's chapter 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, basically a sermon that Jesus delivered on a mount, and he had a large attendance, a large audience, and this is the single greatest sermon ever recorded uh, throughout all of history, uh, at least in my opinion, a sermon uh, delivered by none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I find it uh, very fascinating to read through the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus thought was important to preach to the people 2,000 years ago. And let me tell you, uh, we, we today, 2,000 years later, we could be preaching a lot of the same things that Jesus uh, preached about 2,000 years ago because we're going through kind of the same issues, the same problems. They recur constantly over and over and over. It's a cycle that repeats itself. And here 2,000 years later, we're, we're, we're going through a lot of the same issues that the people Jesus was preaching to. 2,000 years ago. So in Matthew chapter 7, kind of at the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says in, in chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So this morning, I kind of want to take this verse by verse and kind of digest the, this uh, little uh, passage here in the, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. So verse 21 again reads, Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So here Jesus says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Basically what Jesus is saying here, that not everyone who declares that God is the God of the heavens and the earth, and not everyone that says Jesus is Lord, 
is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Here, Jesus is telling us it takes more than that. It takes more than a simple proclamation. It takes more than a simple profession that, yes, Jesus is Lord. It takes more than saying that, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Jesus says, you must do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so it's more than just saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus says, on top of that, you need to be doing the will of God. You need to be doing the will of the Father of Jesus, Yahweh, our Heavenly Father as well. You know, we, we talked about this in the past. We, we've talked about the process of, of attaining eternal salvation. You know, we've been presented this free gift of grace, this free gift of grace, which is eternal life. And we accept that free gift of grace by our faith, by our faith saying that, yes, Jesus is my Lord. However, we cannot accept that free gift of grace by our faith with a dead faith. We must accept this gift of life with a living and active faith. James talks about this in James chapter 2. So, so we, we don't uh, gain salvation based off of what we do. It's, it's a free gift. Just like uh, Christmas, we, we, we celebrated a little over a week ago. A lot of us, we, we received free gifts. We didn't do anything to deserve them. We, we didn't pay for these gifts. However, we all had a choice when we were presented with these gifts. One, we could choose to accept that gift and open that gift. Or two, we had the choice if we wanted to reject that gift. And in the same sense, we're all presented with that same opportunity, that same decision when it comes to the free gift of eternal life. We can accept that free gift of eternal life with a living and active faith. More than just saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord. But it needs to be living and active. And your faith is only, is only living and active if it is backed up by your works. So here in verse 21, Jesus says that not everyone who says uh, Jesus is Lord, not everyone who says Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You, you, you must do the will of God. If you're doing the will of God and, and, and you proclaim that Jesus is Lord, then yes, you, you are on the right track uh, of entering God's coming kingdom. And so in verse 22, uh, Jesus continues, says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works, many mighty works in your name. So here Jesus, after he's talking about that, that our works must follow our, our words, that we can't just say Jesus is Lord, that our lives Monday through Saturday, they have to follow with what we're saying on Sunday, saying that Jesus is Lord. Our daily life has to reflect that by, by obeying and following the will of God. And Jesus says, on that day, on that day, Jesus is talking about a very specific day. And that specific day that Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the day uh, uh, of judgment. The day in which Jesus is going to come back to this earth and Jesus is going to judge the earth as God has handed that authority over to Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 kind of talks about this, how God has subjected all things to Jesus. You know, God has all power and authority, and God has handed that authority. Jesus didn't have that authority and power to begin with, but God, our Heavenly Father, handed that authority to Jesus. And now Jesus, one day, he's going to come back to this earth to establish God's coming kingdom. 
But part of that process is he needs to judge the world. He needs to judge the earth. And so on that day, on that day when Jesus comes back to establish God's kingdom, on that day when Jesus judges the earth, many will come and say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? So here Jesus says uh, uh, on judgment day, many people are going to come to him and say, hey, Jesus, didn't we do all these mighty works in your name? Didn't we cast out these demons in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we preach in your name? Many people are going to, to, to be telling Jesus on that day. But verse 23 says, and then will I declare to them. So here Jesus is responding to the people who said, hey, Jesus, didn't we do A, B, and C for you and in your name? Jesus is going to re respond to them. And he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Yikes. Yikes. Many people are going to come to Jesus and tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, we did this in your name. We did this for you. And to those many people, Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you. I never even had a relationship with you. You never knew me. Depart from me. Depart from me. You have no part with me and my heavenly Father in the coming kingdom. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. This is, this is some serious stuff. This is some serious stuff. This is some scary stuff. In my opinion, this is probably the most scary passage in all of the Bible. Where many people are coming to Jesus and saying, hey, we did this, this, and this. And Jesus tells them, listen up, I never even knew you in the first place. You never sought to have a relationship with me. You are a worker of lawlessness. Because you did not do the will of my heavenly father. And because of that, I never knew you to begin with. Scary words. So we learn in this passage that, that we need to have a faith in Jesus, that we need to proclaim that, yes, Jesus is Lord. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying here that, that we shouldn't be saying that Jesus is Lord, Lord. No, that, that's the first step. That's a very good first step. That's a first step that a lot, a lot of people are missing. They are not proclaiming Jesus as their Lord. That's the first step. So we need to proclaim that Jesus is our Lord. But then after that, we must be doing the will of our Heavenly Father. We must be doing the will of God. So in other words, on a daily basis, we must proclaim that, yes, Jesus is my Lord, that, yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sins so that I could partake in God's coming kingdom. But at the same time, your works, your life, your actions, they better reflect what you are saying. So not only on Sunday should we come to church, but on Monday, our lives should reflect that we are doing the will of God. On Tuesday, our lives should reflect that, yes, we have a faith in Jesus. 
On Wednesday, when you take a look at our schedule, on our daily activities, they should reflect that, yes, I believe in Jesus. And the same holds true for Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday as well. Each day of the week, we must be seeking to do the will of our Heavenly Father. We must be seeking to obey God. Because Jesus warns us that there's going to be a lot of people claiming that they believed in Jesus. I'm not doubting that, that they didn't believe in Jesus. Je- Jesus. Jesus, he never denied that. He never denied that, no, you never believed me in the first place. But Jesus says, I never knew you depart, depart from me because you are workers of lawlessness. You did not seek to do the will of my heavenly Father. And so as we take a look at, at this passage, uh, probably the scariest passage uh, in all the Bible, in my opinion, in verses 21 through 23, Jesus is talking about a very specific group of people. And, and, and we've kind of already mentioned that. But, but this very specific group of people that Jesus is talking about in verse 21 through 23 are those who profess that Jesus is Lord. So for right now, for this morning and this message, we're no longer going to be talking about the, the agnostics. The people say, eh, I'm not sure if there is a God. There possibly could be a God, but I'm not going to confess that there is a God. I'm not, certainly not confessing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. We're not talking about the atheists this morning. We're not talking about the people who say, no, there is no God. You know, we're not talking about those people. We're not talking about the people uh, who, who are part of the Muslim religion, uh, the Buddhist religion, uh, Hinduism, all these other religions. We are only talking about the people who claim that Jesus is Lord. Those are the only, ty- that's the only group of people that we are talking about here this morning. And Jesus says of that group, Of the group of people who claim that Jesus is Lord, he says that many, many, not not just a couple, not a few, not not half or so, but he says many, many will come and say, hey, I did all this. And Jesus will reply to the many, and he will say to the many that I never knew you to begin with because I had no relationship with you. So depart from me, you group of many, you, you group of people who claim to have a belief in me, but you did not obey the will of my Father. Depart from me, you have no part with me and my heavenly Father and my other disciples in God's coming kingdom. Why? Because you are workers of lawlessness. And that's why I think that this passage here is probably the scariest passage uh, in all the scripture. Because we're not talking about the, the, the obvious groups of people, the, the atheist agnostic, these people who worship um, other gods. Um, I, I, I think uh, their, their future is, is uh, pretty clear um, unless uh, one of us intervenes in their lives. But we're talking about people just like you and I who claim that Jesus is the Lord. And not just a couple of them, not just some of them, not, not uh, a fair amount of them, but many of them have no part in God's coming kingdom. Because according to Jesus, many people are saying, Lord, Lord. Many people are saying that, yes, Jesus is Lord. But Jesus says they are not following the will of God. Basically, their Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are not reflecting their belief 
that yes, Jesus is the Lord. They are not following the will of God as they are workers of lawlessness. And this is a, a, a very direct warning to each and every one of us here. Um, you know, sometimes we, 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 we got to get uh, down into the dirty, meat, meaty stuff of the scriptures. Uh, not necessarily the most fun thing uh, to talk about. But it's a warning that, that we all need to adhere to, that many people will proclaim that Jesus is Lord, but their lives tell a completely different story. And let me tell you, I saw that take place in the year 2020. I think John did a pretty good job uh, of demonstrating that, of illustrating that, and, and, and when we saw the polls and how many people were that quick to just leave the church, they used any excuse that they could to not seek to do the will of God. And again, just as John mentioned last week, we're not talking about the people here who, who have valid reasons uh, of not coming to church on Sundays. Many of those people are, are watching with us online. I love you guys. I thank you for taking, taking your time out of your day to join us. And really, we're, we're not talking about church really at all. We're, we're not talking about spending an hour or two of church on Sunday. Really, in the grand scheme of things, that means very little. Because that's only two, two hours of your whole week. We're talking about the whole week. Does your whole week reflect that you believe in Jesus? Does your whole week reflect that you are following the will of God? That's what we are talking about. We're not talking about uh, attendance at church. I think attendance at church reflects people's uh, choice to obey God's will. I think that, that reflects it, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about our total week and if we are obeying God's will on a daily basis. And again, I think that was the biggest issue that we saw take place in the year 2020. When we saw a lot of scary, grave things take place in the year 2020. In my opinion, that was the worst thing that we saw take place in 2020. It's people saying, yeah, I believe Jesus. Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, that's all good. But their day-to-day -day lives tell a different story. They are workers of lawlessness. There's people here in verse 22 who think that they are doing uh, the, the, the will of God, the will of Jesus, saying, hey, we did all of this, Jesus. You know, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did many mighty works in your name. That's all good. But in their day-to-day -day lives, they did not follow the will of God. And because of that, Jesus told them, I never near you. Depart from me. There's seven words I, I, I do not want to hear from the words of Jesus on that day. But let me tell you, many people, unfortunately, many people are going to hear those seven words, I never knew you. Depart from me. And I just, this morning, I, I want to, to Make us all aware of this passage. Make us all aware of everything that has taken place in, in 2020 and 2019 and in the years previous. And with all that has taken place in the past, I want us to be aware of that and I want us to learn from it. And I want us to learn, take these lessons and apply them to our lives so that we can have a good year in 2021. For it's time the church to wake up. Wake up. 
It's time for the church to wake up as we have a stark, direct warning from Jesus that we've had access to all of this time. Many who call on the name of the Lord do not do the will of God, and those many will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you know, on, on, on a more lighter uh, note, Jesus follows uh, this short uh, little story or parable or lesson in verses 21 through 23. And, and he concludes his whole sermon on the mounts in verse 24 through 27. And Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded, founded on the rocks. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Of all the things that Jesus could have said to conclude uh, arguably the greatest sermon of all time, he chooses to, to talk about this parable, uh, comparing, contrasting the wise men and the foolish men, and how those who are wise, they hear the words of God. They hear that Jesus is Lord. They believe that Jesus is Lord, and they take those words that they hear, and they apply them to their lives. They seek to do the will of God. But on the other hand, there are those who are foolish. There are those who are foolish who hear the word of God who hear that Jesus is Lord, but they hear these words and they do not apply them to their lives. They are not seeking to do the will of God. And these people are foolish. They built their house on the sand and the house came crumbling down. And so we today, we, we have heard the words of Jesus. We have a decision of whether we're going to be one of the wise and adhere to the words of Jesus and apply the words of Jesus in our lives or if we are going to be foolish and not apply the words of Jesus to um, our life. And so this morning, I, I kind of want you all to uh, come away uh, with two goals, maybe, for the year of 2021. Two goals that we can, or, or two resolutions that we can apply to our life um, in this year of 2021. I'd encourage you all to, number one, don't be one of the many who does not do, or who does not follow the will of God and not inherit eternal life. I'm going to make it more simple for, for you note takers out there. Number two, let it be your pursuit to lead your loved ones to not be one of the many either. To, so to make it real simple, number one, don't be one of the many. Don't be one of the many. We've already talked about the, the, the many are, are those who believe that, yes, Jesus is, is Lord, but their lives live to tell a completely different story. Don't be one of the many. And number two, lead your loved ones to not be one of the many. So you have to focus on yourself first. You're not going to be able to lead anybody to the light if you yourself are, are not living in the light. So you yourself, you, you have to not be one of the many. You have to be one uh, of the select who, who hear the words of God, who believe that Jesus is Lord, and you apply them to your life. So that's step number one. Do not be one of the many. Instead, be one of the people who believes that Jesus is Lord and you follow the will of God. Once you have that step down, then step number two, lead your loved ones to not be one of the many. 
Lead your spouses, lead your kids, lead your parents, lead your siblings, your cousins, aunts and uncles, your co-workers, your bosses, your employees, your friends at school. Lead your loved ones to not be one of the many. And so in 2021, I, I would challenge you all and encourage you all to seek to do the will of God every day of your life. Every day of this year, every day of the week, every day of the month, every day of the year, and every day of your life, I'd encourage you to seek to do the will of God. For if you seek to do the will of God and you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are on track to enter God's coming kingdom. So this has to be a daily decision. You know, the, the, this group of many you know on occasion they were able to do some mighty works, or at least they claimed they, they were able to do some mighty works. But their daily lives uh, live to tell a completely different story. So we're not talking about just coming to church on Sunday. I, I hope you guys realize that. I hope you guys understand that. It's not really about coming to church on Sunday. On church on Sunday, it's our job, it's our responsibility to, to equip you all to, to conquer the rest of your week. So that you guys can believe that Jesus is the Lord and that you can follow the will of God Monday through Saturday. It's not just a, a once a week decision. It is a daily decision. So I'd encourage you to, to create some habits in your life uh, of praying to God on a daily basis. Create some habits in your life to, to read God's word. Dig deep into God's word to know, to be able to discern what is God's will in our life if you apply the, the, these two habits in your life, uh, you, you are on the right track. Kudos to you. So again, step number one, do not be one of the many. And then step number two, uh, maybe uh, New Year's resolution number two, lead your loved ones to not be one of the many as well. It's incredible the, the, the type of influence that we have on our loved ones. It's, it's incredible the type of influence that we have on our kids. On a daily basis, uh, I, I am seeing Ezra more and more, uh, you know, kind of reflect the characters of myself and Jamie as we have influence on them. I wave at Ezra, and that influences Ezra to wave back at me. Uh, on our uh, way back uh, home here to Ohio yesterday, as we're sitting in the car, I was waving to Ezra, and he can see me in the mirror. And I influenced Ezra to say, hey, Dad, and, and he was waving back at me. It's incredible the type of influence that we have on our kids. So you parents out there, be aware of your influence. Be aware of your influence and lead them not to be one of the many. You have a lot of influence on your spouses. Lead your spouses to not be one of the many either. And your parents as well, you kids out there as well, you have influence. You, you have the ability to influence the way your parents live their lives as well. So you, as a kid, you can set an example for those around you. You can set an example for, for your friends at school, for your teachers, for, for uh, your working people. You can set an example. You can influence your bosses, your coworkers, employees. And the list goes on and on and on. I hope you realize the influence that you have on others. It's pretty incredible. People are watching whether or not you are aware of that. They're watching what you say, and they're watching what you do. This is kind of known as relational evangelism. We, we develop a relationship with them, and through that relationship, we share the gospel message with them. Th that is the single most effective mode of evangelism. 
So take advantage of your relationships that you have and, and lead your loved ones to not be one of the many. And let me tell you, they're going to take note if you're telling them to do A, B, and C, but instead you're doing D, E, and F. They're going to know if you're saying one thing, but, but your, your lives are living to tell a different story. They take note of that, and when you do that, you, you, you have no validity. You, you, you have no base of judgment on which they can uh, believe what you are saying. So we have to tell them these good things. We have to tell them of the love of God. We have to uh, tell them that Jesus is our Lord. Um, sometimes we have to give them a stern warning. By saying, hey, there's going to be many people who say that Jesus is Lord, but, but many people are not going to inherit the kingdom because they're not doing the will of God. So for some of us, maybe we need to give a, a more direct uh, warning to some of our loved ones. Or maybe they, they, they just need to, to watch us live a godly life, watch us follow the will of God. I'll let you be the judge on what your loved ones need, but they need to see you living a godly life. They need to be seeing you seeking to do the will of God. And at the same time, again, you might have to give a more direct warning, asking, hey, are you actively pursuing God's will on a daily basis? Or hey, is God your number one priority in your life? If we take a look at your schedule, at your daily habits and activities, can we see that God is your number one priority in life? Sometimes these are questions that we need to ask, and let me tell you, they are never comfortable questions to ask. They're, they're never questions that we want to ask, but sometimes these are the questions that we have to ask. And so again, you be the judge. You determine what your friends and family may need. But for 2021, you can have two resolutions. One, don't be one of the many. And two, lead your loved ones to not be one of the many as well. And if we do that, I can assure you that 2021, no matter all the external factors taking place, it will be a good year if we are seeking God first and foremost. For God works all things together for the good of those who serve him. And you know, we have access uh, to this coming kingdom. We, we have uh, the, the possibility, we, we have that free gift of eternal life, of God's coming kingdom. And it's only made possible through none other than Jesus, our Lord and Savior.